We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome everyone to Center Stage. Um, all things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know about it. And I tell you, it feels like we are free. It's like I want to sing freedom, you know, because I'm telling you, I was able to be around people. <laughs> and just sit and talk and meet people I've never met before and, and sit near people. And it's been remarkable. It feels like we are completely open and musicians are back and getting back together and presenting great concerts. And I was just over at uh, crooners to see um, Bobby Lau perform. And I- I'm telling you, we are back. It feels like that. Um, and so my first guest this hour, and we have some really great guests, of course, Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam, we coming up in, in the, the next segment, I believe. And uh, Chan Poling is starting us out. To, I'm sorry, 930 is Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam. But Chan Poling is joining us to open up this center stage, which I'm excited about. It has been a busy summer for both the suburbs and the new standards, as they have gigs lined up all around town and the state. The suburbs um, uh, helped welcome back the 7th entry, Seventh Street entry last week. And Chan Poling, the head man for both groups, is joining us right now. Hey, you. How are you? Hey, you. How are you doing? I'm oh, doing I'm great. so excited. I'm great. That, it's so great that you're joining us tonight and to hear that you guys are booked and you've got so much going on between the two groups. Tell, tell me how it feels to be back. Oh my God! It feels it's just it's just magical, and I was super proud to be opening this, you know, that iconic club, First Avenue, and you know we had we had our two nights at the little the little room there, Seventh Street, and just rocked it, and I, I was just a blast, and I, I don't know, I, like I said, I just felt I felt proud to be part of it. We're all, you know, we're all a community. And we're all coming back together, and it's just—it's a huge feeling, man. I know you feel it. I do feel it. And in fact, I know uh, you probably have been through this, but many of the performances we had booked had to be rebooked, even several times. So, oh, yeah. um, how about the suburbs and the new standards? Um, are you guys constantly booking throughout the rest of the year, as well into as well as into next year? Well, you know, um, you know, we all had our super hard year and we you've been our guest in the holiday show and we couldn't do the holiday show last year so mm-hmm. we're planning on the holiday show this year so you believe are. that yeah i'm hoping that i can i i just i think it's going to happen you know um that's 2000 people a night in that in the state theater 
So right. if that can happen, I think anything can happen. So we're okay. and it's on the books. Toes cross, fingers cross, legs cross. That's all I have to say. So right um, <laughs> so what are you hearing from the fans when you guys opened up at the Seventh Street? Well, entry? Just, what did you hear? Literally, literally tears. I mean, I'm I'm not exaggerating. It was it, it, it was there was a some weeping going on, and you know, it was emotional. Very emotional. Mm. People are glad uh, that we're back. Yeah, and COVID-19, it doesn't mean that it's over. It doesn't mean that it's over, but being fully vaccinated, boy, that, that is such a blessing. And I really do hope they come up quickly with a, um, something, a, a vaccine for children specifically, because I worry about my grandchildren. So that now that you've good. opened this iconic 7th Street entry last week, were there any challenges getting the show up? Were there technical problems? Uh, did things run smoothly? Well, um, yeah, it's funny you ask. My keyboard didn't work the first four or five songs, so wow. you know we were there were a few bugs, but no, it was it was great. And you know, I think everybody's back, excited to get back, including the sound guys and the production people and all that. So um, in the end, it was just cathartic and wonderful. So being a part of the Suburbs show uh, last week at 7th Street Entry, okay, now, of course, um, <laughs> the new standards are going to get going. So is there anything that you learned from the Suburbs show that the new standards could use? Um, you know, you, you were at Crooners. You, so you say you saw Bobby Lyle? Was it just last yeah, night? Yeah, last night. Yeah, i got to tell you, Crooners, um, you know, we're waiting for the Dakota to come back and, and – and, and crooners had had their outdoor scene going all during COVID, mm-hmm. and was a lifeline for a lot of us. Um, right. I don't know if you ever performed there Absolutely. In the last year, but uh, yeah. So um, you know they got it. They got it going on there. They got it. They got it dialed in pretty good. So um, we've been we've been you know we've been doing it there for a, few, a while. We're all. We're all ready to go, and we're just waiting for the big the big holiday show now. I'm so excited that you told us about that. We'll be watching. I want to definitely get an update on, you know, when the tickets go on sale so I can let everyone know. Um, yeah. I, I think for me it's been a challenge watching so many of those that I've loved, so many bands or soloists and instrumentalists. Um, some of them have left the state. We've lost some musicians. We've lost yeah. some technicians, you know, in theaters and all sorts of things. So I don't know if they'll come back. I'm just praying that we have enough of them in our country that's still willing to work when they can. So that's yeah. got to be a challenge, too, because you had a whole team of people. I mean, this is the new standards to suburbs. This is not a small business. You guys really know what you're doing. You know the people that you want and need. Have you been able to call them back in? Yeah, you know, we just sent an email out uh, trying to gather around. You're right. We, we do employ uh, between the two bands, you know, 50, 60 people or, or more. Um, and so, and guests, including including your sweet soul, you know, you've, you've been on our show a few times. You're you're an honorary member now. <laughs> I but, love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're starting to gather gather forces again and people are, are excited. It's funny because everyone's so busy, you know, in real life and pre-COVID times. So when we said, you know, like the string section um, 
the laurels are very, very busy in, uh, in normal times. And they were like, yes, we're back. Anything you want right. to do, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Okay, I so uh, I just have to ask you this question because as we um, come out of this and everyone's really excited, there is that you know, the little murmur that we're hearing from our leaders, uh, especially here in the state of Minnesota, that, you know, everybody needs to be vaccinated so we don't have to worry about going back to masks. Um, if oh, that yeah. were to happen, you know, if that were to happen, people could still come to an event and wear the masks. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, 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 I get nervous about it. Let's just let's just say that. <laughs> well, if, I, I don't know what kind of I don't know what kind of. Uh affiliation or, or what we can say here, but I am, I'm, I'm, I'm fully for vaccination. I've been vaccinated mm-hmm. for a while and I've been traveling and playing and having fun. And um, so if we, if we can say it on, on air, I just please everybody out there. Follow yeah, up get and get vaccinated. vaccinated. Yeah, get vaccinated. Yeah, you know, there are so right. many people that are scared to death, and I get it, especially in the African-American community. That we have a lot to be scared about uh, considering yeah. the history of vaccines, right? Um, but we also need everybody to get on board so that we can reach this point where we don't have to worry about it. You open up your concerts for Christmas, and you invite families to come. Are you still going to do yeah. that knowing that the children, not all of the children, can get vaccinated? Well, I'm I, well, I'm hoping I'm hoping everybody gets vaccinated. That's all. That's all I know. I think I, I I'm uh, I would encourage people not to be afraid and to just move forward because um, we got to get back to some semblance of norm normalcy. You know. Right, right. That's that's the real challenge. And then finally, yeah. I have to ask you the question: Did you hear about Jimmy Carter and his wife Rosalind making it to seventy-five years of marriage? Oh, isn't that sweet? It's so you sweet. Know, you know, I had dinner with them uh, a, a, a couple of years ago, um, and I'll never forget it. And I tried to give him some advice, and he just was smarter than me. <laughs> Go figure it. Go figure it. He, he had a better answer than I did. Well, he no. was the president of the United States, but I know yeah. he loved you, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's so great to have you on, Chan. Oh, my gosh. Will you tell the guys and everyone in the suburbs, I said hello, even though I haven't met all of them. Um, just say yeah. hello to them. And I'm so grateful we're all back, man. We're back. Yeah, I know. Here we and go. I, we used to give my best to Jimmy and Terry, too. I will. I yeah. will, Chan. I, I sure will. I haven't seen them since that Super Bowl show, but we had so much fun doing that, and they they made that happen. And so give, give my love to, to Jimmy for sure. All right. Okay. And I'm still hearing about friends that came into town and they said, we'll never come back in that kind of cold weather. Okay. No, I don't know. I serious. don't want to be in that cold weather. Who <laughs> was, was, the Steels were out there singing, man. My fingers were falling off. Oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Mexico soon, but oh. right now it's a beautiful summer though, isn't it? It is perfect. It's wonderful. I just hope we get a little more rain for, you know, the trees and the plants of foliage to make sure that they get a chance to drink as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me. I love you so much. You know that. I love you too, Jan. All of you guys. Tell Steve and John I said hello to. I will. Thanks for having me. 
All right. That is the new standards and the suburbs leader right there, Chan Poling. And don't forget um, all the shows that they'll be having. You can go on their websites and see where they're going, where they're opening, I mean, where they're going to perform. But the bottom line is that we're back. And it feels great. We're going to take a break. Coming up next is James Haskins, the Guthrie Theater's Managing Director. We'll be back in a moment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Center Stage, all things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know about it, and I am so excited that theater is also back. We talked about music a moment ago, live music, concerts that are happening here in town and outside, uh, inside of the state of Minnesota, and I am so excited to say the, that the Guthrie Theater has finally opened their doors for the first time in nearly a year and a half this week. Um, the, James Haskins is joining us. He's the managing director for the Guthrie. And we're going to talk about uh, the successes, the things that they are looking forward to, how this is all going to work. When can we go in? I think there's a welcome committee that's asking people to come in, meet and greet uh, those that you have been in contact with over uh, the years. And all of a sudden we had to take this long hiatus. But, you know, stop in and say hello and see the see the theater. So I'm excited to do that. I'm hoping I still have time to do that. But James. James Haskins is joining us. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. It's so great to be here with you this evening. And yes, we're so excited to be reopening the doors of the Guthrie Theater once again so that people can come inside and enjoy the views throughout the building, engage with our staff, just get acclimated to being back inside, to taking the escalator ride, to going up to the ninth floor, and just uh, seeing all that the building has to offer so that we can get people uh, ready to come back and join us in full performance in October. Does it feel like it's open to you yet? Does it feel real? Well, you know, I was uh, at the theater over the weekend, uh, and especially when the farmer's market was uh, outside our doors, and so many people were coming in. And it did, it did feel, uh, real for the moment, but I have to say, I think the real, real is going to come when we're able to open the theater doors and actually have performances in our spaces, invite people back into the proscenium and the thrust theaters 
so that uh, folks can sit together, enjoy a story together, uh, commune together as one in in the theater space, and uh, really experience live theater, uh, which has been missing from our lives. I have to say so much, particularly from my life uh, for the past year and so many months. So uh, I, I think that's when it's really going to be real for me, is when we have people back in the performance spaces and we have live performance on stage once again. When we weren't sure what to do or when um, these things would start opening up, you had a great season lined up. What happens to those pieces? Are you going to uh, put them in next season? So we've announced uh, the majority of our next season, and some of those productions will will be appearing in next season. We still have some things that we're working out in terms of announcing the full season, but we had uh, previously intended to produce Lynn Nottage's Sweat, which will be produced in our 21-22 season during the summer, and also the adaptation of Emma uh, by Kate Hamill, which uh, was literally in rehearsals, and the set was in construction in the scene shop. It's still sitting there, sort of half-built, and so that is another production that will be in our 21-22 season that we had intended uh, to produce this past season. So uh, those are a couple that we're very much looking forward to, and as well as uh, The Tempest, which is a new production that I think coming out of the pandemic uh, is, uh, I think, particularly ideal given the sense of living through a storm and coming through it to a place of redemption at the end of the play. So I, I think there are a lot of exciting stories that we'll have to tell on our stages, as well as a new production of A Christmas Carol, which I know is a community favorite that we'll be uh, presenting in, uh, in the winter, in November and December, on the Thrust stage. I'm excited that Joseph Hodge will be directing that. And it's the 47th production. That is remarkable. And, you know, so many families uh, rely on A Christmas Carol as their tradition. It's that thing that bring the family, bring the whole family to see it. It's tradition. So knowing that it's going to happen again is really exciting to me as well. I'm bringing my my granddaughters. And so (laughs) we're going to have a great time seeing that piece. They're going to love it. They're going to just love it. Um, Tell me. I have talked. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I've I, I just, you know, I've been in the, the Twin Cities now uh, two years and a few months. So I was in my position for one year before the pandemic forced us to close. And the conversations I had with people about their experiences with A Christmas Carol, so many people I talked to who first came to the theater when they were, you know, 12 years old with their families, and now they're bringing their children and their grandchildren, and they are the subscribers and the supporters of today. It's it's truly special how how much people value that experience and how it has meant so much to their lives and to the lives of their families. And I'm so thrilled we're going to be able to do our 47th annual production, having done our 46th one virtually. We're counting that one as well. Uh, but we were we were thrilled we were even this past year able to to share Dickens' story of of hope with folks uh, during a time that was particularly challenging for everyone. Are you still going to have uh, the restaurant that's attached or on the inside? Will it also be up and and running as well as um, the food and beverage that you have on the different floors um, where the theaters are? Are, are all all of it's coming back? Well, we're working on our food service as we speak. So, yes, we do intend to have uh, food service available 
to people. Uh, it, we may we may start with providing a beverage service uh, for our first production, and uh, and then build from there. But uh, we do ultimately hope to and expect to bring back uh, the entire operation uh, to the organization. So uh, that's that's in process, and we're sort of working to see what that experience might be for people when uh, when we're ready to uh, to reopen uh, food service in its in its entirety. And finally, as you've been on this journey, um, it's been a very difficult journey. Did you go to your um, those that have uh, patrons have come for so many years, uh, those that you know and love, not just the board, but actually people that put butts in the seats? Did you talk to them and say, hey, what would you like to see? Or did you get, um, you know, constantly get updates from them uh, knowing what they wanted to see and hear from the Guthrie as well? Yes, we've been in in very regular communication with with uh, uh, all of our patrons and and supporters through various forms and various methods. And I have to say, one of uh, also our our engagement with artists through this period, I think, has been incredibly meaningful. We've developed a new relationship through this uh, through the, with a newly formed Minnesota Black Theater Circle and worked with them to uh, present a number of works throughout the course of the year, culminating in our Blackness Is Festival uh, this past May. And we're, we're looking forward to see what that relationship will uh, become in the future as well. But indeed, we've been very much involved with, with community, hearing from folks, and, uh, and, and continue to uh, develop our plans based on the information that our our audiences and supporters have uh, have shared with us during the course of this this time that I know has really been so challenging for us all and we're looking forward to brighter days ahead when we can truly invite people back into the space. I cannot wait to to sit and see a great show at the Guthrie Theater. Thank you so much, James Haskins, for joining us tonight and giving us an update on how things are going and what we can look forward to. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That is James Haskins, the Managing Director of the Guthrie Theater. Coming up next, we're going to do a few spots in between, but then Jimmy Jam, uh, Lewis, and I'm sorry, (laughs) Jimmy Jam and, and Terry Lewis are joining us, and they have a brand new brand new project that was just released on July 9th. I cannot wait to have them on to tell you all about it. I got a chance to listen to two of the songs that uh, I was able to find, and oh, I'm just going to love this album. I know I am, so stay tuned. I don't know about you, but you got to know what voice that is, right? I had a chance to listen to that song earlier today, Smokin'. Okay, it is time. That is the voice of Mariah Carey, and the song, I believe, is called Somewhat Love, but I like to call it Breaking My Heart, because that's what stuck with me. And Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are joining us right now. They have released their brand new album called Volume One, Jam and Lewis, Volume One, their first album as artists. This is remarkable. It's a testament to their gifts as writers of wrenching love songs and as producers capable of juggling soulful sonics and crisp hip-hop drums. We, we can put all of those words in, but you know who they are and you know what they can do. The guest list includes, are you ready? Mariah, Mary J. Blige, Tony Braxton, Charlie Wilson, The Roots, Babyface, Morris Day, and Jerome, Usher, and so many more. You've got to pick this up. I've only heard two main tracks smoking. Welcome, my friends. Welcome so much to Steel Talking and Center Stage tonight. Congratulations. How does it feel? It feels wonderful, and uh, 
It was really funny that you mentioned the title of the song, Somewhat Loved, because that was actually a conversation we had with Mariah that we said, you know, you only really say the word somewhat loved one time in the song. And <laughs> what everybody's going to know the song from is the breaking my heart, breaking my heart. And I said, so what we did is when we titled the song, it actually is titled Somewhat Loved. But then in parentheses, we put yep. breaking my heart, you know, because we said, I know that's what people are going to ask for. And if they're looking for it, you know, when they go online to look for it, that's going to be what everybody calls it. That breaking my that's heart. That's exactly song. it. I just love yeah. it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, bringing this together, um, Terry, to know that this is your first album. Everyone knows that you guys are amazing songwriters, but to have your very first album out, what does it feel like? But it feels amazing. I, I think, I don't know, I don't feel like it's our first because we've, we've done so many albums for so many other people. But um, just to have your name in the big lights, I guess you'd say, it, it's it's a little different. It's a, it's a little scary because we're used to, like, creating and being a part of it and giving people direction, and then we let it go at that point as soon as it's ready to come out, and we never have to do the other work. But now it's like... You give it to the record company, and then they say, oh, what, what, by the way, who's going to be in the video? Who's going to direct it? Uh, what are you going to do with these particular things? And at that point, it's like, oh, no, wait, wait. So it's a little scary, but we, we're loving it so far. Well, I'm sure loving it, and I know people can't wait to get it. It is now out. It came out on Friday, I believe. Um, and so congratulations on this. Now, the artists that you chose to work with, are they all artists that you've wanted to work with or you've already worked with? It's a combination. Um, some of the people we've obviously worked with before, um, when you think about you know, the song that starts our album is Sounds of Black. And um, right. obviously, oh. 30 years ago, we did Optimistic with them. Uh, they're celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. But we wanted to start the album off specifically with a Sounds of Blackness song. So they are the ones that start the album. Um, Mary J. Blige is on there, who we've worked with before. Um, we've worked with Mariah before. Um, but like someone new, for instance, was Tony Braxton. We had never worked with Tony before. And mm -hmm. so um, it's kind of a combination of people who we wanted to work with and, and then a combination of people who we hadn't worked with before. The um, Babyface is another good example of um, someone who we'd always wanted to work with. And, um, you know, we finally got around to it. We actually went into the Songwriters Hall of Fame on the same, you know, on the same evening. And somebody asked us, what haven't you guys done yet? And we said, well, we haven't worked with Babyface and we haven't made our own album and I think the third thing we said is we haven't toured yet uh, playing our own music. So still that's something on the docket. But the first two we've taken care of now at this point, and it feels really good to have done it. Well, it just um, has gotten so many people excited about it. I've talked to people about it. People are rushing to get it. It's now available at a lot of the stores. And, of course, you can uh, also download, I believe. I, I keep looking at the titles of the songs, and I know you guys are very good at that. Um, but here are a couple of them that surprise me. Happily Unhappy. That's perfect for a Tony Braxton tune, right? <laughs> I just was thrilled about that. Or Maybe I've Changed or Did You. Okay, that could be my anthem, right? Um, <laughs> seriously, or, very, or go ahead. No, I was going to say those are very real topics. Um, I think what we do generally is we think of things or hear things and we write them down. Or we used to have a book of t titles, 
but now we have an iPhone of titles. And um, hmm. those songs came up, the titles came up um, when we were kind of conferencing about what to write uh, the songs about, and especially the, uh, the Tony Braxton song. Um, she kind of dared us because she didn't think it could be written. And so that was kind of the way it went. So when we started writing, she just believed that it couldn't happen. So at that point, when it got to a great place, she just came wholeheartedly and just said, I love this. I need to write the bridge. So she went in and just wrote the bridge. It was a, it's kind of just a beautiful thing just to watch how these songs get created. Because you have so many stars on this album, of course, many of them probably wanted to uh, participate in helping write the songs. And was that something you opened up to them? Yeah, we've always wanted the involvement of the artists, um, you know, in, in writing the songs. Because as just as writers and producers, we always felt it's the artist's record. And by that, we mean kind of what Terry was alluding to earlier, that really the biggest difference between this album and an album we would just produce is basically that our names are above the title, like we're, we're the big names rather than the little names. But the philosophy is very much the same. It's really to make the artists sound the best that they can sound, like sound like their best selves. And in order to do that, you get them involved in the creative process, whether it's writing, whether they want to help produce, um, or whatever that is. Um, so that's always been the kind of the philosophy. The biggest difference, like Terry said, I guess my analogy for it is we've always been doctors. So we've, let's say we're the doctors that deliver the babies. We're always, if we're in the hospital, we're delivering babies. It's a beautiful thing. But once the baby's delivered, we move on to the next baby. Right. And now it's like we're parents <laughs> being the artists <laughs> because now we're taking the babies home and we, now we have to raise them and feed them and, you know, love them. And it's a different kind of um, process with this because it is our album. So now we're responsible for raising the kids, so to speak, which are the songs and making sure that the artists are protected and feel great about everything that we do. But, you know, we include them in the writing process as much as they want to be involved in the production process. Each song is a little different. It was interesting. Babyface, who obviously is a wonderful producer and songwriter, just said, you guys produce it. And he just kind of stepped wow. back away from it. Um, and when he heard it, when it was done, our song, uh, he was very surprised. He said, oh, man, that sounds really good. That sounds really good. And we said, of course it does. You're Babyface. But I think what happens is, as producers, you're always listening for the mistakes. So the fact that Babyface was actually able to hear himself on a song without producing the song made him have a different appreciation for himself, if that makes any sense. Like, he almost fell in love with himself because he was like, wow, that sounds really good. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> yes, right? You know? Um, so there's been a lot of experiences like that with the album and all the different artists. And everybody brings a different little, you know, they always bring the excellence, but all in a different way. So I was just trying to capture that excellence individually and then weaving all the songs together. Let me tell you, that song with Babyface, he don't know nothing about it. Oh, smoking. And by the way, as I keep um, trying to learn as much about this project, reading as many articles as possible, it sounds as though you're telling a story. Is that where you began? Does it feel like a story to you or was that intentional? I think the story is really in that it's a, we, we look at it like it's a celebration. It's really a celebration of where we've been over the last, um, we always give this a 35-year start because Janet actually was the one that, uh, when at the same year we were started this project, 
um, or planned to do this project was the year we did Control. And Janet ended up taking uh, What Have You Done For Me Lately, which was going to be for our album, and recording it. And it basically started her career and ended ours, so to speak, as artists. So I guess the story between then and now um, is kind of a celebration of everything that's great about music. Uh, and so that's what we wanted to put as sort of the loose storyline of it, I guess. But then, um, obviously, now what's important is, is, is a big factor, but also the future of music is a big factor. So we want to try to include all of those feelings in it. We call it nostalgia is the word we come up with. And it's nostalgia. that idea of discovery, of hearing something new for the first time. It feels familiar, like something you grew up with and trying to put each of the artists in that place. So when you hear the Babyface song, it takes you back to where, when you fell in love with Babyface for the first time. Or you hear the Mariah song, and it takes you back to when you fell in love with Mariah for the first time. That's kind of the idea of... of and then thematically, there's a whole bunch of different songs. But, you know, lyrically, I think it does turn into a story. And certainly when you hear the album from beginning to end, I always like to have people try to listen to it for the first time. There's a purposeful um, order to the songs in the sequencing of the album. So hopefully they enjoy hearing it as a body of work, and then they can always pick and choose the songs that they like. I cannot tell you how grateful I am that you put this music out. It is speaking to me. It's going to speak to my nieces in their 20s and nephews. It's going to speak to a huge um, group of people. And hearing this music and the lyrics that speak to so much, many of us have been through. Some of us might just be going through it. I thank you all for doing this. Volume 1 is incredible. I know from all the articles I've read, and I can't wait to buy it and hear every one of them. And thank you, by the way, for a CD. I have a 2008 car with a CD player. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It matters, brothers. It matters. So thank you guys so much. You know, I love you. And um, just I I have to tell you, Chan Poling, I interviewed him tonight from the new standards in the suburbs. And he says, hey, hello. He loves you guys. So um, just know that you are loved. And I look forward to the next time I'm in your company. Oh, we appreciate that so much. And we just want to send a lot of hometown love to Minneapolis. Somebody told us we're uh, in the on the cover of the uh, New York Times uh, today. And I oh. said, yeah, but we're on the cover of the Minneapolis Star Tribune today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's, woo, let's woo. Not get a twist at the priority. <laughs> you know? yeah, right. so it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> Y'all don't get it twisted. That's what you don't do. You don't get it twisted. Thank you so much. And I'll tell the family I had the opportunity to have you on tonight. It really matters. Thank you for it. Thank you. Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you. All right. That is our own Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And if you want to find the CD, it's going to be everywhere now that it's released. And, of course, it's called Volume 1 by Jam and Lewis. How about that? We're going to take a break. And my last guest for Center Stage is the Sandy Bourne Barrett from the Stages Theater. I haven't had her on for a while, so I'm looking forward to the interview. Stay tuned. Okay, yeah, that's one of your favorite songs, and it's one of my favorite songs. So, you know, you put a smile on your face when you hear that, right, from the Peanuts theme. Um, I'm excited to have Sandy Boren Barrett uh, join us from the Stages Theater. They are back in action just this past weekend, and they're doing You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, uh, their show that's coming up. And artistic, again, artistic director Sandy Boren Barrett is joining us now with a recap. Hey, Sandy. <laughs> hey, Geraldine, how are you? I'm doing great. The last time I had a chance to be in the theater to see a show that you put on was Elf. And my my granddaughters loved it. I mean, we still look at the pictures of taking, taking with the, um, 
the cast and that sort of thing. It was just wonderful. So to be back, what does it feel like? Oh, my goodness. It feels like Elf was eons ago, Geraldine. Right. Um, it, it, but, you know, it. It's, we have such an appreciation, don't we, now for uh, live theater and just throughout the pandemic, I think, stages thought of ourselves as sort of an essential worker for young people. So we kept doing all kinds of uh, innovative, out-of-the-box type performances uh, for young people. But, boy, to have a live audience sitting in lawn chairs, uh, applauding and laughing and singing along, there's just nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And I can only imagine what it feels like for the actors not being able to be on stage. What did you offer them that um, gave them hope, that kept them interested? Absolutely. We did um, quite a few, actually, uh, performances that were filmed. So we brought the young people in. We rehearsed with them, uh, fully masked, and then... Uh, filmed them in such a creative way that we were able to edit the film to look as though they were all together in the same room. Uh, we did some interactive uh, productions where families um, could uh, follow along with the play uh, and interact with the play and, you know, run up and down Main Street and answer clues and questions on our detective story, um, Legendary. I, we offered quite a lot, actually. Um, and it, well, the interesting part about it was that so much of what we did could be seen across the United States and actually, we had, you know, people as far away as Australia watching our work. So we we pivoted, for lack of a better word, because everyone uses it, uh, to a lot of um, virtual experiences. And um, we were able to bring young people in to the theater in small groups. So, um, but it's not like having a full rehearsal and being outside and not wearing masks and, and singing and dancing together, um, which is what this play is about. And so how many cast members do we have this time? Well, we have two casts of 12. Um, and so we cast the show twice, um, many, many weeks ago before we were certain that young people were going to be able to be vaccinated. Um, and so we double cast the play in the interest of safety. Um, but now we have two equally talented groups of young people that all are performing in, um, you know, one performs one weekend, the Flying Aces perform one weekend, the Joe Cool cast performs another weekend. So it gave twice as much opportunity as well. But though there are two casts, I can't, it would be like trying to pick my favorite child. They're both amazing and talented and just really lovely to watch. Well, here's the thing. You have um, children on that stage. You have teenagers. You have adults on your stage. And at the same time, we do know that there is no vaccine for children right now. And that's that theater is usually just packed with families. How are you dealing with that this time around? Well, because it's outside, interestingly enough, we're able to have distance. And I think families feel, you know, quite frankly, a lot safer. Um, whereas the park, I mean, the Hopkins Downtown Park, is a beautiful amphitheater and it allows families to sit up on the hill on a blanket or um, to spread out, uh, bring a lawn chair um, and really be outside, which is really not just, um, you know, fun, but it's safe. 
And so I feel like our audiences, we were sold out this entire weekend. Um, and uh, families are ready to do some things with their young people in a safe way. So um, we're really excited to be able to bring this really fun musical um, out into the park where it, it feels right um, to do it. Well, I tell you, um, you are remarkable. You're not just the artistic director. I have to let people know that you um, you serve on advisory pa- panels with the Minnesota State Arts Board and the design team. But I want to know, are you still currently serving as the vice chair of the board of directors for Minnesota Citizens for the Arts? And is are you still on the no. board of Minnesota oh. Theater Alliance? And are you, well. wait a minute, have you written several, <laughs> are you still writing articles? I mean, you're doing so much. I don't know how you do it. But is all of that still part of your life? Well, I am still on the board of MCA, so I'm still advocating for the arts at the legislature, and I'm I'm a past chair, so um, I'm still actively involved in making sure that arts is um, uh, accessed across the state of Minnesota. And you really are remarkable, it's, it's, it's Sandy. Really you are remarkable, part. and I know you don't like to hear it, but you really uh, are. So if, I, I got to get this out before we have to go. Where do people go to get tickets? Absolutely. If you go to stagestheater.org and do backslash Charlie Brown. You will find it on our website, or you can call our box office at 952-979-1111. Tickets are very reasonable. You can bring your kids, sit outside, bring a picnic lunch, have some fun, and um, get outside and enjoy uh, a Minnesota summer. I will be back. You'll see me soon. Love you, honey. Love you too, honey. (laughs) We'll see you soon. Take care. All right. All right, everyone. The Mom and Michael Hour is next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.